Presented by ACLI, Fonseca, IRI, NAFA, and NAFA. Hey, good morning. I am Playbook co-author Eugene Daniels. It is Thursday, January 4th. Here's what's driving the day. During election season, we reporters, politicos, they spend their time talking to anyone with a pulse, especially in those early states. But there's one group of folks who are kind of in the middle of the party elite and the grassroots and have their pulse on the party, and that's the county chairs. Their allegiances tell you a lot about where the party is, where it's going. And so political scientist Seth Maskett has been surveying GOP county chairs for almost a year for our colleagues at Political Magazine. And today he has a new entry into his ongoing series for the magazine that takes a look at the GOP presidential race. I won't get into every single detail of it because it's very long, lots of information. But what you need to know is heading into the first contest of the 2024 presidential race, no surprise, Donald Trump maintaining a dominant lead among Republican grassroots leaders, Nikki Haley, is eclipsing Ron DeSantis for second place. If you've been paying attention, none of this is surprising. But what he's been finding in this series is that there has been a much more fluid race in the primary than conventional wisdom suggests. So after you finish listening to me, go to political.com, take a look at what he wrote, and it is fascinating. And speaking of Nikki Haley, she was in New Hampshire yesterday, a state that's going to be very, very important if she has any chance of at any point getting to take on Donald Trump one-on-one for that number one spot. And she's doing something that she hasn't been doing that much over the last few months, which is going head-on against Donald Trump for one very particular issue. But it does mark a shift in how she talks about the frontrunner. And joining me now, fresh from a Nikki Haley appearance and in her car, is politics reporter Lisa Kaczynski. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Thanks for having me. Now, you have been following Nikki Haley this entire time. Um, Before we hop into your new reporting and story, how would you kind of grade her rise? We're in a new year, new year, new us. So tell me how you kind of grade where she's gone from, you know, fourth place to, to now in second place in New Hampshire, a lot of polling. The way I would put it is this. I mean, Nikki Haley hasn't really changed what she's done this entire time. She's delivering mostly the same stump speech, uh, you know, kind of the same format for almost every event, you know, a 40 or so minutes of the stump, four or five questions, and then that's it. And yet now it's working. After the debate performances, that's when people really started paying attention to her in New Hampshire. And even though she, again, keeps saying the same thing, she still talks about say, the China spy balloon that hasn't been in the news for months. People, <laughs> that's new to a lot of people. And that's still, you know, it, it's yeah. stuff like that, where what she's been doing all along is now working. The more kind of, again, the more she kind of stood out on the debate stage and then got the backing of New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu. So it's just clicking with voters now. Yeah. Does it feel, does New Hampshire 
feel like a make or break moment for her. Her campaign, when I talk to them, they hate, hate that <laughs> phrase. But it does feel like that, right? Kristen Nunu has her back. Even last night, she said Iowa did one thing and then New Hampshire kind of fixes, corrects what Iowa does. Like, so they're, they're putting a lot of pressure on themselves from New Hampshire. Do you get the sense that it's make or break for her? I do get that sense. There's a lot of pressure on her here because if she doesn't do well here or she kind of underperforms at this point, these expectations that keep growing based on polling that keeps showing her rising, then it hurts her going into her own home state, you know, right? Where she is behind Donald Trump, um, you know, in South Carolina, where she was governor, where she's from. And so the better she does in New Hampshire, the better of a leg she has to stand on in her home state. If she underperforms here, just doesn't do as well as people expect, that could hurt her in her own state where she's already behind. Yeah. And to be fair for those listening, when we're talking about rising in the polls, she's still in the low two digits. We're not talking about, you know, a 30, 40 percent rise here. So she still is very far behind, which is probably why. Um, and with your new reporting, she's starting to kind of go at Trump maybe a little more, maybe a little more f- a frontal attack. I guess you you write in your piece for much of her campaign. Haley has sought to have it both ways on Trump calling him the, quote, right president at the right time, while also saying, quote, chaos follows him and the country won't survive another four years of it. So is that changing at all, Lisa, as things get hotter? It's starting to, yeah. What we're seeing now is Donald Trump and really at first his super PAC or the affiliated super PAC, MAGA Inc., went on air a few weeks ago with an ad attacking Nikki Haley on, of all things, her stance on the gas tax while she was governor of <laughs> South Carolina. But it's it's a salient issue, and taxes in general are a salient issue. In New Hampshire, the live free yeah. and state, where everyone from Massachusetts, my home state, escapes when they don't want to pay the high taxes anymore. <laughs> so it, it makes sense. But this ad has been running, and finally, you know, at first she brushed it aside, but now she's starting to address it and address it unprompted on the stump, you know, not in response to voter questions about it, but trying to, you know, really go on defense against it, saying, you know, that everything Donald Trump or everything that his allied super PAC in this case says in this ad is a lie, that she didn't want a gas tax increase as governor of South Carolina, et cetera. And that really is a much more direct way of going against the former president than we've seen from her so far. Yeah. What changed? Why does she feel the need to, you know, unprompted bring up this thing that has been kind of going on for a while? That's kind of the interesting question. I mean, Chris Sununu, um, the governor who's backing her, who is a vocal opponent, obviously, of Donald Trump, doesn't want him to be the nominee. Maybe he talked to Nikki and told her to go a little bit harder against him. I did ask him that. And he's like, no, no, it's not, you know, it's not me. But (laughs) You know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But there is this, you know, she's trying to position this as a two-person race against her and Trump. Whether that is real at the stage or not, you know, we don't know. We'll find out as voting really starts to begin. But she's also trying to pull away some support from Chris Christie in New Hampshire. You know, those more moderate Republicans, independents, people who don't want Trump to be the nominee, again, you know, there are a lot of them are torn between the two of them and are looking a little bit more at Nikki Haley as she kind of has this polling momentum behind her. 
And now she's trying to kind of make this overture to them by going after Trump a little more directly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lisa, finally, we're just days away from voters actually doing the thing that we've been wanting them to do for years so we can all stop pontificating. So I will let you go so we can get closer and closer to that date. Lisa, thank you so much for joining. Of course. Thanks for having me. And for your schedule today, the Senate and the House are out. Lucky ducks. I'm Eugene Daniels. Thanks for listening. Congress led the way to update retirement policy for workers with bipartisan legislation in 2019 and 2022, expanding access to guaranteed lifetime income from annuities. A Department of Labor proposal undermines this progress by limiting access to greater certainty throughout retirement for people who need it most. Stand with us to protect options for retirement savers. Protect retirement for all.